0: The Bank of Japan is loosening its grip on yields. We'll look at what it has done to yields and the yen today as we see weaker data from Europe as well raising the question, has the ECB not only gone far enough, but have they gone too far? Uh, Will they lower their rates sooner rather than later? And the Fed, will they hold? Well, I think that's inevitable, isn't it? Uh, But will it be forever? Confidence is waning, but also wages are back on the rise. And speaking of jobs, lots of jobs stated this week from the US, of course, starting with ADP employment numbers and Jolts today. It is Wednesday, the 1st of November 2023. It's the morning call from NAB. Good morning. So, quite a rise in the US dollar this morning. It's up half a percent on the DXY. The Aussie dollar is down by the same amount to 63.4 US cents. A lot of the rise comes from a fall in the Japanese yen. It's down 1.7% against the US dollar. The euro is down only 0.3%. And Japanese 10 year yields up five basis points yesterday. Aussie 10 years were up the same to 4.92%, then up further on futures overnight, now just three or four basis points away from 5%. Yields in Europe, though, and the US are down, two basis points lower for 10-year treasuries, two lower for bonds, five lower for 10-year gilts in the UK, the Bank of England later in the week, of course. US stocks are up, picking up more towards the end of the day, with the Nasdaq up half percent 0.6% for the S&P, 0.4% higher for the Dow. Caterpillar reported uh, before the US Open. Uh, it was a big beat on forecast 16.8 billion in q3 versus 16.6 billion expected but the share price is down six percent because their orders backlog fell 2.6 billion last quarter so demand is slowing and this is a bellwether stock so bear that in mind as you gauge the direction of the u.s economy and european shares closed with the euro stocks 50 up 0.8 percent the FTSE 100 marginally in the red And oil is down, WTI is down 1.4%, Brent just in the red, 87.40 a barrel now. So a 33-year low for the yen after the Bank of Japan yesterday. Let's kick off with that with NAB Skymasters in Sydney. So a revision from uh, Bosch to their inflation forecasts and a tweak to the yield curve control. So fill us in on a bit of detail and uh, what Governor Ueda said yesterday. (laughs)
1: Yeah, Phil. Good morning. Um, You're you're correct. We did have um, the BAJ did did tweak their forecast. So they've got core inflation um, now expected to be at two point eight percent in two thousand twenty four, and that's up from one their previous forecast of one point nine percent. So you know a significant um, upward revision upward revision there. Um, And they also have have tweaked their Uh, ycc so yeah they they said that they're going to take a more flexible approach to controlling yields on the 10-year government um bonds uh citing one percent as a reference point um now so this this does you know mark a shift um from their previous pledge which was to conduct daily bond buying operations um at one percent now so you're saying um, so
0: one percent was a ceiling so they would buy up enough bonds to keep it at that point but now they're saying no it can it can float over one percent basically
1: basically but but time will tell like there, there was a bit of confusion um in the dealing room floor on on the BOJ announcement because it wasn't it, it's 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 not it's not clear it's a bit vague so so no one really knows what the BOJ will do will do from here um it does seem to be you know it is another tweak to their yield curve control policy um, and, you know, maybe maybe it's sort of a soft way um, of, of the BOJ trying to, to exit YCC. So if you remember, YCC was introduced back in 2016 um, and, you know, the, the BOJ now owns around, I think, just over 50% of, of the J, JGBs. Um, and this is the third... Tweak to YCC that they've done since um, since December last
0: so, year. So why the fall in the yen? I mean, you've got more bonds, presumably, going to be available uh, that, you know, the, the BoJ have been hanging on to at higher yields. Do you think that this would push up the value of the yen? I mean, the yen got up to 150 in pretty sharp order, so getting weaker against the US dollar after the meeting. So why is that happening?
1: yeah so so the I think this the the announcement yesterday probably you know wasn't as as um, hawkish as markets had expected. so uh, you know there there were expectations that maybe they would have um, exited YCC completely, which they haven't they haven't done yet. so I think yeah that's why you got that um, reaction in the yen, but you also have to remember. Um, you know, there's two sides to, to what's going on here and, and um, you know, what's going on in the US and US data is also influencing where the where the currency is trading. Um, so you've had a combination of um, some stronger than expected um, US data prints. We can talk about that later on, um, combined by, you know, a BOJ which which wasn't as, as hawkish and, and has left the, the market unclear as to um, what they're going to do from From here, Um, you know, and we're stuck in the middle. We're stuck
0: in the middle of that, aren't we? Because you know, strengthening US dollar, weakening yen, the Aussie dollar paying the price uh, this morning. We've seen quite a fall in the Aussie dollar, uh, getting. But I mean, but you would have thought actually that the, the likelihood of more hikes from the RBA would push the dollar higher. But then we had the yen thing. And then we've had China PMIs as well, which came in weaker than expected. The manufacturing number fell under 50. So uh, uh, back into contraction, basically.
1: Yeah, I mean, it's interesting when you look at, um, you know, currency um, price action versus bond market price action. So, you know, um, Aussie 10 years are actually underperforming US 10 years. So the Aussie US 10 year um, bond spread is currently at, Eleven basis points, so positive eleven. So only a week ago, we were, you know, we were trading below um, below US ten years. So while you might be having seeing the Aussie dollar underperforming versus the US dollar, um, and you might have the yen um, uh, weakening versus the US dollar, you've actually got bond differentials um, widening. To the U.S., so you know Aussie Aussie tends um, underperforming, and and also JGBs underperforming. So
0: why is that happening? Why have we got bonds and currencies uh, seemingly uh, acting independent of each other?
1: Look, I can answer on the bond side. I, I don't, you know, I, I the currency side, I'm I'm a bit stumped. Um, but you know, on on the bond side, it, it's because um, you know you look at market pricing for central banks. Uh, you know, markets are expecting you know the RBA to deliver further rate hikes, um, and they're also expecting the BOJ to start hiking next year. So, you know, looking at looking at um, future cash rate expectations, it, it, it's quite interesting. For next year, you've got um, the you know OIS curves um, heading higher for the RBA and the BOJ, whereas for um, for the US for the ECB. Markets are expecting um, rate cuts next year. And for the ECB, they're sort of starting to toy with the idea of, um, you know, rate cuts coming yeah. early, early next year. It's being talked um, about, isn't it?
0: Yeah, exactly. Although uh, Joachim Nagel, the Bundesbank president, has been saying that they're not going to act too quickly because there is a lot of that talk going on right now. He's you know, saying they're going to stay higher for longer um, but I mean, it certainly looks like that de- definitely not going to go any higher unless, although he's saying, you know, geopolitics could, uh, could see to that, you know, it could push up higher, uh, oil prices higher. And so the ECB could go again. Uh, But, you know, the the numbers that we saw uh, overnight, I mean, the European slowdown continues, doesn't it? GDP Q on Q down 0.1%. That wasn't expected. Inflation month on month down to 0.1%, which makes the year on year figure 2.9%, down from 4.3%, which is the lowest since July 21. And then retail sales, (laughs) 0.8% down for September in Germany. So no wonder people are on the verge of asking the question, you know, has the ECB gone too far? Are they going to start moving back into taking rates down again next year? Uh, I mean, the numbers are very soft in Europe now.
1: Yeah, they are. They are, and and you know, yeah, last night you you had that stark contrast of of um, you know the the soft data coming out of Europe, but then you had some some sort of strong data coming out of the US. Uh, you know, so you had the employment cost index coming in at one point one percent. Expectations were for one. Um, and you saw your know, treasury yields bounced higher on um, on that data print. So both two year and ten year treasury yields sort of sold off about seven basis points um, on on that number. So yeah, I don't think no one's expecting um, the Fed to tighten um, tomorrow tomorrow morning our time, um, but. The you know there is still that risk that you know the Fed hasn't hasn't done enough um, and you know the the data prints in the US continue to you know to su- surprise to um, to the upside whereas in in Europe it's 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 a very different story
0: yeah well um, it is all, but I just wanted
1: to go sorry I did I did just want to go quickly back to um, by all to means the, we're
0: all over the place today but that's fine no, go where you I want. No, I know. <laughs>
1: like markets are all over the place at the moment so but I just want to go back to the BOJ and um, you know what what it might mean for 10-year JGBs and what it might mean for global bond yields from here so you know with them removing that sort of hard target of one percent that obviously does mean that you know JGBs are going to trade above one percent um, you know, they, they're currently at um, 95 basis points, I think, so that we're not really that far away from from 1%. Um, you know, data is going to drive um, the direction of yield. So if you continue to get some positive upside surprise, then you will see sustained move above 1%. Um, it's going to be a wait and see to see, you know, does the BOJ intervene intervene or not? Um, but, you know, looking at fair value of where 10-year JGBs could trade, you know, as I said before, the market is pricing in rate hikes for the, the OJ next year. I think they're pricing around 40 basis points of, of tightening. Um, an indicator we use to sort of work out where fair value might be on 10-year bond yields is your five-year forward one-year OIS, and that's currently at 1.3%. So I was to say that you know, 10-year JGBs could easily get to around 1.3% um, o- o- over time, Um, Will that drag global bond yields higher? In isolation, yes. Um, And I think there will be a lot of uncertainty around, well, as JGBs push higher and further away from 1%, what does that do to um, demand for foreign bonds from Japanese investors? Um, And that might weigh on, on, on bond yields. So, you know, it could be a little bit of a drag higher in bond yields, but, but ultimately, um, you know, for each jurisdiction will, will be what what is the data printing. So like in, in Europe, you know, if we're getting soft data prints out of Europe and the markets are thinking the ECB is done and maybe they'll start cutting early next year, then you know, you're going to see bond yields um, outperforming um, in, in, in that environment.
0: And how important is the issuance of bonds from the uh, from the Treasury in the US. so we, we saw that actually the quarterly borrowing estimates down so from 852 billion down to 776 billion, we get that mix of durations uh, published today. So how does that play into the international bond market?
1: Yeah, I mean' there's, there's been a lot of um, focus on on supply. Um, and you know, people sort of saying that's been a reason why we've had this um, repricing in in treasury yields over the last month or so, and which has dragged other yields higher. Um, I'm a little bit speculative, um,
0: skeptical. Not as
1: not, skeptical. That's the right word um, about it, it being the being the the driver. Um, but it is it is weighing on sentiment at the moment. So so Ken and I would look at the supply story and say, you know, it's not going to drive the 100 basis point moves in, in bond yields, but it could be worth around 10, 20 basis
0: points. Right, got you. Okay. So um... – with that surprise number on the employment cost index in the US, I mean, it was, it was only marginally up, but it was up. That's the thing, isn't it? Uh, ahead of the FRMC meeting, it's not going to be enough to change the FRMC, obviously, where, as you said, everyone, the expectation is it's going to be on hold, but it's a question mark. I mean, they will be keeping an eye on those wage numbers and there's a lot of focus on jobs from now on. So we get obviously non-farm payrolls at the end. And this is of the week. And this is where the employment numbers start coming in. So the ADP employment numbers today, the number that everyone says they ignore, but then the market reacts to, uh, and the uh, the JOLTS numbers, the job opening numbers as well today. So there's a bit of data around. Uh, We are going to be looking fairly closely at these U.S. numbers because, uh, you know, there's no certainty as to that they are in hold. In fact, the U.S. uh, confidence, the Conference Board Consumer Index fell Uh, That's another number that came out today, uh, or overnight, from 104.3 to 102.6. The present situation is higher. It's at 143, but that's down from 146. But there's a lot of gloom about the future in this number. So the expectations index has gone from 76.4 down to 75.6. And the conference board is very quick to point out, history has shown whenever it is below 80, it signals recession within the next year. So that is worth bearing in mind if you are... A member of the soft landing brigade, isn't it? So, I mean, the the future is is not certain for the US just yet.
1: Definitely not, and I and I think there is a whole lot of uncertainty, you know, about about sort of um, Q four activity. You know, you had a had a bumper Q Q three growth number in the US, but yeah, there are expectations, obviously, that that's going to come back. But but how much does it come back? And you know, some of these leading indicators are suggesting that. Um, you, know, you are starting to see that 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 impact of, you know, that 500 plus base points of tightening that the Fed has already delivered. So, um, you know, on the on the conf- com- confidence numbers, um, sure, it it, it it they they did come off, but we have to recognise the fact that the print came in actually better than expected. So that economists had expected a, a larger fall um, in consumer confidence than that what we actually got overnight um but you know the, the point is is you know no one as I said earlier no one expects the Fed to deliver um, a rate hike tomorrow morning you know never say never they could do something but the expectation is no but but the point is is that they'll still, sound hawkish they'll still be pointing to the risks of one more yep, rate Absolutely, high. it's going
0: to be the press conference which is more interesting which is conveniently timed uh just before tomorrow's podcast so we'll be able to bring you uh, some of the uh, snapshots from that uh, almost as though they've timed it so it's in you know it, it's in unison with the morning call uh, so that's tomorrow morning uh, we'll leave it there for now good to talk sky we got there in the end we're a bit all over the place but we did it really? we'll see you soon
1: Thanks,
0: Phil. Bye. I like this idea that we are as disorganized as the markets are. Uh, You know, it's sort of symbolic that we are reflecting uh, the behavior of investors right now. Uh, That's it for the morning call for today. See how organized we are tomorrow morning. Find out bright and early. I'm Phil Dobby for NAB. See you then.